0: Mm
1: -hmm. Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready
0: for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris.
1: Big announcement. Well, maybe some of you, maybe like three of you might care, but it's a big announcement for Julie and I. Um I was just looking at our statistics. A uh, sense, let's see, October 18th, Julie Harris, which you are alive by the way, mm-hmm. 2018. Get this, yeah. that's the exact number. We've had mm-hmm. six million three hundred sixty-four thousand four hundred eighty-five uh, streams and downloads. Wow. So we've had, we've, I know, right? That's just not even in the past year, my dear. That's only since. That's basically that's 11 months. It is amazing. So we've had over huh. almost 6.4 million streams and downloads. That is batshit crazy, especially when you consider that there's only, like, what, 1.2 or 3 million members of the National Association of Realtors, and there's supposedly only, you know, 2 point, between 2 million and 2.3 million total agents in North America. That is incredible. So a big bulk of those downloads and listens, I know, because, you know, we can see the stats yeah, stats on podcasts, by the way, guys, are not that great. You can only show the downloads and the listens, and iTunes does the you know, job tracking and all the rest of it. But I do know this. A vast majority of you guys listen to us every day. You know, a vast majority of you are repeat listeners, and I think that's amazing. And I really sincerely appreciate you guys appreciating this podcast because it's something that – Julie and I look forward to doing every single day. And on the days we have to run replays, we actually kind of start to twitch because we didn't do the podcast that day. You know, it's something we really love doing. We spend a ton of time, um, joyous actually time, talking about preparing for what we want to present to all of you guys on the podcast. It's something we, we thoroughly enjoy. You guys probably know this, but this podcast is an opportunity for us to kind of work out ideas that we're, um, you know, thinking about for our next book. Um, and, uh, so a lot of you guys will give us feedback on what you liked and what you didn't like and suggestions and give us maybe some direction changes, which we always appreciate, or maybe some things that you were really interested in. Like I learned a whole bunch about, um, you know, specific topics because you guys wanted to learn more about it. You know, we're going to be talking about in the next few months, we're going to be talking about, um, we're going to do a podcast or two on men's health health. We're going to talk about things as obtuse and non-real estate related on one or two podcasts as hormone replacement therapy for men, testosterone and things like that. Why? Because I had some coaching clients that started doing it and I saw a profound impact on their lives. And so I thought that would be something we should share with you guys in the podcast. I mentioned it a couple months ago. A lot of you guys emailed saying you want more information. So I spent some time, we found some people that we're going to be having. On to talk about that because I sure as hell I'm not qualified to talk about it. You know, I don't want to do a disservice to you guys, so we found some folks, and you know, I found a guy in particular that um, Julie and I had drinks with him the other night, actually here at the Ritz Carlton Puerto Rico, and we were uh, he tr- he actually trains NFL football players and special forces guys, mostly Army Rangers, and that's kind of badass. I mean, the guy's really gonna you know probably give us too much information really, but it doesn't matter because it's something that I think will have a profound impact on your lives. Um, Speaking of which, this series of podcasts we've been doing um, about—and I think we're on show. What is this, Julie? Show four? Yeah, talking about mm-hmm. you know the urgent attention is required, housing crash ahead. This has been one of our most listened to and download series that we've done in a long time, which does not surprise me. And I was just on a very, very interesting podcast. Uh, with Rob Johnson. He's somebody who's been my personal coaching client for four or five years. He's the number one, well, he's probably going to be the number one agent in Greenwich, Connecticut. He's going to close between 130 and $150 million in volume this year. I mean, the guy's probably, you know, as in, he, he, it's him and an assistant. He doesn't have any staff beyond that. So for those of you, by the way, who think you have to have a big staff to sell big volume, you're wrong. You know, I listen to some of the past podcasts we've done. A lot of these guys that are selling 100, you know, and gals that are selling 100, 200, 300 houses a year, they don't have a team. They have two or three assistants, and they focus all their energies on listings, and they have profit margins that are in the 85 to 90% uh, range. In other words, they are making themselves, in some cases, very rich from selling real estate, which doesn't seem to happen anymore. But go back and listen to some of the past interviews. But one of the things I, I, I'm looking forward to having Rob back on the show, I think he's on the show on Monday, um, is that we're going to talk about, and this is actually a subject, Julie, that I know you wanted me to share, is how to basically mm-hmm. sell you know, expensive houses in a flat market. And here's the, you know, Rob and yep. I were doing a little prep work today on our coaching call, and one of the things I wanted him to talk about, and he talks about it, you guys will hear him t- uh, explain um, this very concept, but, but let me just break it down in, in sort of the normal, in practical, tactical. When Julie and I sold real estate, you did not talk about appreciation with people because houses where we sold real estate in Columbus, Ohio, did not appreciate. They kept up with inflation, meaning now a lot of agents would say they appreciate 3% per year, but that's kind of bullshit because at the end of the day, if the inflation rate is 2 to 3 to 4% per year and that's all the house inflates by, that's not true appreciation. So true appreciation happens beyond the rate of inflation. Well, Rob's in a market, like he was giving me an example of a house he sold to a uh, a couple of doctors actually, in their house, he sold it to him for 1.1 $1. $1 million, and they bought it like five years ago, or three years ago, something like that. May have only been two years ago, I don't remember. And it's worth what? Guess what? Less than what they paid for it. And how that's just normalized. People don't think like that, and they want to move up to something that's going to be close to two million. And they know they're going to lose money on it, or at the very least, they're going to be lucky if they get out without losing money. And you know, we he, he, this conversation was fascinating because he has a really great ability to real drill, really drill down. So one of the things we talked about on the series of podcasts we did on the on the on the uh, what do we call it, Julie, the um, phases of the housing correction, and this is what most of you are starting to mm-hmm. experience. Is when this, it's, you guys are mostly in what we call a phase two market. And go back and listen to our past podcast, TimAndJulieHarris.com, or obviously on iTunes or Stitcher and all the rest of it. But go back and listen to those past podcasts on the phases of the housing correction. Most of you are in phase two. Phase two is when there's seller denial, but at the same time, buyers don't want to catch a falling knife. That's the easiest way to explain it. Well, Rob is in what would be a very, very protracted buyer's market. And that's, in my opinion, what we're entering into uh, on a country as a whole. We're entering into a protracted buyer's market where you're going to see flat, no, or low um, house. It, it'll, in most markets, they'll keep up with inflation like I just described. But in other markets, like in Rob's market, they're going to lose value. And losing value is going to become a new, new normal thing. So here's the, here's the concept that I want some of you guys to really start rattling around in your brains – because this is shocking. It truly is. Here it is. This, is. this is what I kind of, you know, I was trying to break down what Rob was saying in some soundbite for the sake of the podcast that we're doing next week. So when you go out and buy a car nowadays, you expect it to lose half of its value in two or three years, don't you? Isn't that just basically a sunk cost? Isn't that cost of ownership? when you buy that car. Now if you go out and buy a luxury car, like Julie and I had our 28th wedding anniversary the other day and so we went out and bought her a new Land Rover. So she's rolling around in her dream Land Rover here in you know Puerto Rico but look, the thing's gonna lose half its value in three or four years, but that's not even maybe only two or three years. But that's not really something that you talk about because it's just assumed. She could have gone out and bought a you know, a twenty thousand or twenty five thousand dollar Prius or whatever those damn things cost, and the same result would have been, you know, half its value get lost. That's just one of the costs of owning a car. You have the if you borrow money, you have the cost of the loan, you have the depreciation, you have the maintenance and the upkeep, you have all that. This is just what it costs. When you go out and buy a pair of pants or you go out and buy anything, furniture. When Julie and I moved from Texas to here in Puerto Rico, we consigned basically all of our furniture. And a lot of the stuff was pretty damn nice that we've had forever. And you know how much that stuff was worth? Ten cents on the dollar, maybe 15 cents on the dollar in some of the things. None of it was worth what we paid for it, a massive, epic loss of money. Again, we didn't buy the furniture thinking it was going to be worth more money when we, you know, when we bought it. We bought the furniture understanding that it's going to be a chair that we're going to use, a couch we're going to use, a table we're going to use, you know, right? So what happens if real estate is the same damn thing? What happens if people – if that's what's happening in Greenwich, Connecticut? That's what's happening in Manhattan, that's what's happening in some of these very, very expensive markets. People are buying real estate still, but they're buying real estate understanding that it's going to lose value and it won't hold value. And they're buying it as a play, they're buying it as a consumable product, not as an investment. Now you could, you know, we could you know mix words around and argue that it's an asset. and Argue, look, whatever. Okay, it doesn't matter. Don't get mixed up in those terms. Here's the takeaway: in a buyer's market, what you're going to experience. The skill set you're going to need to be able to sell houses to buyers and get, buy- and get sellers to cross the bridge from their phase two thinking where they're in denial to phase three where they're accepting it's a buyer's market, the skill set that you need for that – is going to kill most of you. It'll take you, I don't mean physically, don't misunderstand me, but it's going to take you out of the market. Because you guys have only known how to sell real estate in a buoyant seller's market. And a seller's market, sellers are not that particular about who they're going to list their houses with because they know the market's going to absorb it no matter what. That's the reason that all the dumb stuff can exist in a seller's market. That's the reason that you guys think when you sell a house that it was you that sold the house. It may have been legally you that sold the house, but the market sold the house. It did not take a lot of skill. That's the reason you guys are believing that the Instagramming and the Facebooking and the taking pictures of you of a selfie and doing all this other stupid stuff, you actually believe that has something to do with your ability to sell houses. It doesn't. And you'll find out what I'm saying is true. And all of you have spent so much money on all this sort of personal ego stuff. You know, which has been an elegant distraction from really learning skills to survive and thrive in a changing market, all of you guys who are going to stay on that horse and believing that somehow this Instagram celebrity theme that you're trying to build for yourself is going to basically be the thing that's going to make it so that you're going to survive and thrive in a, in a buyer's market, you, will, you are sorely mistaken. Everything and everybody and all the rules change. A lot of the business models that you see are going to evaporate. They already are. Look around. Look what happened to Purple Bricks. There's going to be a lot of other companies like that that are going to go out of business. So much of your real estate world is predicated on a buoyant seller's market. You guys don't know it. And so Julie and I are doing our best to save you from your own ignorance, and that's really what it is. And it's not your fault for being ignorant because you haven't lived through it yet. It's not your fault frankly, in many cases, that you guys have been following these bad business models and believing in these false, false profits that are sucking away all your profit because you didn't know any better, and it wasn't your fault because you've been surrounded by people who've been telling you, oh, dude, you got to form a team. you got to work on your brand. you got to have a fancy website. you got to have a fancy CRM with 14 steps and drip, drip email campaigns and 777 direct mail, blah, blah, blah. You've believed it because when you've gotten into real estate, in the era in which you got into real estate – All the other people believed it, too, because they'd never actually been in a real market before. Any of you who've been in the business for as long as Julie and I have been and been through the four recessions that we've been through, not even including the last one because that one is something different, you guys know what I'm talking about. You know it's true, and you know most of these newer agents, and new doesn't necessarily, you know, age doesn't matter. You can be new in your 50s or 60s or new in your 20s. You know that most of those agents aren't going to last, or they're at the very – you know, they're going to struggle needlessly. So what's the punchline here? What we're telling you is the truth. Intuitively, you know what we're telling you is the truth. You have to make a decision to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level That means you have to do the real work. Stop looking to delegate the real work. Stop thinking there's elegance in being lazy. Stop thinking your mission of getting your real estate licenses is to make it so you don't actually have to work with buyers and sellers. That's bullshit. That's going to suck away all your profit. That's going to make it so you run an unprofitable business and you're going to needlessly suffer. Do you guys understand what I'm saying to you here? Common sense should tell you that your real power comes from your ability to create independence for yourself and your family true wealth only comes when you have provided enough high enough levels of service to in particular sellers when you help sellers in a market like this you will build a real true brand based on actual results not fake results on instagram you'll build a true following of people that have absolute passion for you because of the fact you actually helped him solve a problem, which, in the case of what we're entering into, is a tough seller's market. Rob Johnson is proof. That guy has become an absolute gladiator, an, a, a, a gra- gladiator in a, civ- a civil row suit. He is the classiest, nicest, sweetest, most gentle. Uh, you know, you guys, when you listen to this interview I'm going to do with him, you're going to be so impressed because he's such a really wonderful guy. When Julie and I were in Manhattan speaking to Douglas Elliman you know, earlier this year, he drove over from Connecticut and we had just the most, nicest time having just a cup of coffee. Just the sweetest, most humble guy. And the guy's a multi, multi, multi millionaire. He is a, in my opinion, Rob Johnson is the perfect prototype of how you need to model yourself if you want to be really successful in the upper, ultra, upper, high end. And you're going to meet him and, you know, you're going to listen to him on the podcast next week. And you guys should maybe connect with him. He'll be great. If you have any referrals. Yeah, it is. But, Julie, I don't know how to temper what I'm really thinking when it comes to – and I'm going to be on three or four podcasts the next week or so – Always happy to do pod. Well, not always, but mostly happy to do podcasts. You guys can just text me if you're interested in having me on your show. It's 512 758 0206. But I've been, you know, some of these people that have had me on their podcasts, they're expecting me to talk about sort of the institutionalized bullshit that everyone likes to talk about in real estate. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to talk about the teams. I'm not going to talk about how to, you know, delegate. I'm not going to talk about all that stuff. Because ultimately, guys, and here's, here's really the honest-to-God truth. You will not ever make a profit in your business unless you learn to how to be the master listing agent that all of you – well, not all of you, but most of you have the ability to do. What you do is you run for the easy buttons too fast. You run for the easy – you run for the – and there's plenty of people out there telling you that you don't have to do real work. There's plenty of people – there are people who will stand in front of, you know, stand in front of thousands of agents – and say, never pick up the phone, never make a prospecting call. Ah, there are people, there are, there, guys, you've got to start using your common sense. You have to realize that these are all false prophets who are trying to take your profit. P-R-O-P-H-E-T, trying to take your P-R-O-F-I-T. Do you guys understand what I'm getting at here? So please wake up to the fact that we are absolutely going to be going to a recession. It's going to be the end of many of your real estate careers if you do not take rad- a radical approach to essentially the way you're treating your real estate business. Julie, is that dramatic enough, or is that too dramatic? Or am I, where am I on well, the drama no, scale? No, it's absolutely I'm true. To get your attention.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's kind of like, I mean, I hope they don't take this the wrong way, but sometimes it's kind of like dealing with Zoe, our almost six-year-old, that you have to be a bit more dramatic so it sticks. But I think that's really true, and, Tim, I'm concerned about them just from an educational standpoint, judging from some of the questions that I get on my premier coaching calls, even from people who have been in this uh, business for eight or ten years. The fact that people who have, for example, not dealt with a short sale think that a short sale is just when somebody um, sells for less than what they paid. Just because they're selling, like in Rob's Market, for example, just because they are having to sell for less than they paid does not automatically make it a short sale. It means that they are short compared to what they paid, yes. But, I mean, the the concept that sellers will actually write a check at closing, assuming that they're motivated to get rid of a house, or even if it's paid off, sell it for less than what they paid in cash two or three years ago, this is like mind-boggling
1: to those who have only
0: been in a hot market.
1: Go back to what I was talking about with Rob. Here's, here's This is what's really mind-boggling, mm-hmm. mind-bending, ready? Why would a yeah. buyer still buy a house knowing that they won't make any money, let alone lose money? Why would a buyer, knowing that they're going to lose money, um, or at least hopefully, ideally, break even on their investment, why would they still buy a house? That's the point that you guys need to get across in your heads. Because many of you, it has become a national entitlement – entitlement is the right word – that we believe that buying a house equals money in the bank. Buying a house in a market like this, in markets like some of you are in, is not going to be money in the bank. It's going to be money out the window, like buying a car and having it depreciate. And yet, people still transact, but they transact with different agents. If your only skill set is buy the damn house or somebody else will, which is pretty much all of you, selling out of essentially scarcity, right, then that's worked in this market you've been selling in. Or your only skill set is going on a listing appointment with someone who's your center of influence and past client, and they're going to list with you regardless whether you show up on time or not because they're friends with you and they know if they just put it for sale, it's going to sell itself. Those types of things don't happen in the market that we're entering into. This is what we're trying to get across, to all of you, to all of you. Please listen to what we're saying. You have got to take a radically different approach to the way you're selling real estate and the way you're thinking about your real estate business before it's too late. So, speaking of too late, Julie, let's finish up um, point number four on our notes before it's too late. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I have to do. If I don't say four this, five. all five. Are we? Let me look. I think so. All right. Yeah, it's funny. When I sent these notes to Julie last week, here's what I put in the subject line. Don't wimp this down. Make it better. That's what I said to <laughs> Julie because what, what she has a tendency to do is she has a tendency to take all my notes, and then she thinks, how can I make this a little bit warmer and friendlier for the masses, whereas mm, I want to digestible, basically – More maybe. <laughs> she's a little yeah. bit – yes. Okay, so we're going to go through these points relatively quick, but before we do, I want you guys to write this down. Um, all of you guys need a free coaching call. All of you need our free books. The Real Estate Treasure Map is the book I want you to download first. These books are free. There are six other books, but the Real Estate Treasure Map is the one you need to have now. And I'm going to tell you the section I want you to get into immediately. Open the uh, – you're going to download it, and then flip right to this section where it's helping you work on your personal and business budget. I need you to figure out exactly what your daily personal and business burn rates are, how much money you're spending per day. And we, you need, with your family, need to have a coming to Jesus with that number – you know, session with what that number is or those numbers are. And then we need to be make sure we're building some stability – and some longevity around your cash flow around those specific numbers. You need to actually know how much it costs for your family, your household to exist every single day and do the same thing for your business. There are numbers. There is a number of mo- uh, <laughs> that you are spending right now listening to this podcast whether you think about it or not. You are spending money in your car as you drive around. You are spending money, you know, whatever. You guys get the point. If you're not spending any money, if you're sitting in a a room, well, the room is air-conditioned, the room is heated. The room, you've eaten eaten food, you're spending money every single day, whether or not you go to a cash register or you buy something on Amazon or not. Do you understand? So you've got to know what your daily personal and business burn rates are, because once you do, then you can start building it backwards and create a real business plan around actually accumulating enough money that you guys can then reinvest that money and become rich. Remember what we told you this isn't our book it's on Amazon it's on Bar- it's in Barnes and Noble it's in every bookstore in the nation it's called Harris Rules One of the things, one of the rules is selling real estate does not make you rich. It's what you do from the profits from selling real estate that makes you rich. And if you never have enough ample profits, after all your expenses and your many cases ridiculous broker commission splits and all the rest of it, then you will never have enough money to actually reinvest and to be rich. What I just told you is an irrefutable fact that cannot be argued by anybody. So please take these things in consideration when you guys are determining what your next course of action is. And here's what your next course of action is. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Do that now. You can do it while you're listening to us. Most of you, 90% are listening on your iPhones or Androids or whatever you get weirdos. They don't have iPhones, call it. But just go ahead and text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Okay. By the way, you can go back and listen to the past Four, three previous shows we've done on this very topic, and you guys can catch up um, with some of these other points. I'm not going to rehash the section four. Make sure we've done all this. Um, I think we did most of it, Julie, didn't we? If it doesn't, I think we uh, pretty much prepare for the worst. Uh, And the rule was, uh, question everything. If it doesn't produce profit, it must go. So, guys, make sure you go back and listen to all those. All right, now point number five, and this is going to be the last of the series. We're going to get through it, Julie. I promise. Is Let's work on where's my rules for point number five. Did I cut and paste this wrong? Okay, point number uh, five. I, I got it. I got it. In the ego business models, 99% of all brokerages and teams will cause slow financial suffocation and inevitable financial death. That's one of the points that Julie wanted to dumb down, but I, or, I'm sorry, make kinder and gentler. <laughs> uh, but I liked it the way it was. So point number five, in the, e- in the ego business models, 99% of all brokerages and teams will cause slow financial suffocation and inevitable financial death. Rule, um, there is a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. Now, here's a, uh, uh, Julie and I didn't write that rule. We heard it someplace else a long time ago, and I thought it was brilliant. Because here's what it gives you permission to do. Some of you guys are following these really, really bad, inefficient, non-profit-inducing business models. You're making non-profit-creating business decisions. You're spending your money for reasons that you do not actually understand. And as we pointed out in point number four, if you cannot track clear profit from spending money, stop doing it. There it is. That would mean you're going to stop all your social networking crap because none of that stuff actually produces profit. You're not going to take it seriously. If you want to keep doing it because it's a hobby, then go ahead and do it. But don't fool yourself into thinking it's actually part of creating real estate transactions. You guys can create real estate transactions by doing the proactive things in real estate – that we teach you as part of our coaching program. You don't have to go looking for the business through uh, passive uh, efforts like social networking and postcarding and all these other things. You can go directly after the people that have their hands in their air saying, I want to sell my house today. That's what we teach you to do. There are actually huge groups of people who right now want to sell their houses, and yet you think it's a better use of your time to run a Facebook ad. Does that make any sense to you? Instead, why don't you go right after the people that you know have houses to sell? That's what we teach you in our coaching program. But it requires real work. It requires real skill. It requires you doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. But it's also going to put profit in your pocket faster than anything else. Isn't that the reason you got into the real estate business in the first place? So subpoint number one is know that no one wants you to be rich. That is the truth. No one will tell you the truth. Um, if they have a financial interest in your continuing business as normal, teams, tech, anybody selling you anything, brokerages, anybody, nobody wants you to be rich. They do not want you to be rich because once you're rich where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money, then you are independent of them. Nobody wants you to be independent. They all want you to be dependent. Most business, like, look, guys, if you're a part of a brokerage that has – that does not talk about profit as the primary aim of all of you, if you're part of a coaching program, all of that stuff that doesn't have profit as the first line item on every conversation, you are not really following great business advice, are you? You're not really following somebody who has your best interests at heart. Why? What's their motivation? Their motivation is they want to sell you something, whether that something produces more profit for you or not. They want to sell you something that makes you feel good. They want to sell you something so you can play that you're working, so you can act like you're working, so you can feel like you're working, but you're not actually producing any profit. You guys understand, if you had a choice right now between spending, you know, two hours doing what you didn't want to do and you didn't want to do at the highest level but you had a high probability of making $10,000 or spending two hours going and taking pictures and putting on Instagram and hoping and praying that one day somebody might call you because you're a real estate celebrity on Instagram, how many of you guys would actually do the real work? A minority. And I know that. You need to move past that reluctance to just wanting to be comfortable and playing at real estate. You need to start accepting the fact that do You can have ever-increasing long-term levels of success if you live by the creed of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Everything you're looking for life is on the other side of that. There are no exceptions. So the next point, uh, recessions and downturns are, uh, downturns are impossible to predict. Uh, you'll, and it's human nature, and we talked about this on the previous show, that you'll wait too long – and you'll think it's noble to go down with a ship. That's called stupid, and that's what a lot of you guys are going to do. That's what you did in the last downturn. That's what you're going to do in this downturn. You're going to wait too long because you're not going to realize that you can pivot. You can pivot out of the bad business model that you have. You can pivot out of the bad unprofitable brokerage that you have. You can pivot out of the bad team that's not working. Even though you've invested lots of time and effort into it, just look at the numbers. If you're not making profit now you're going, and you're losing money, many of you, you're going to even lose more money in a recession. You do not have enough savings, most of you, to keep these aspirational business ideas afloat. So while there's still time, there's a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. Quitting now it means you're still ahead. You didn't suffer. You got rid of the bad business idea before it was too late. Next point, and this one's going to you know, hit some of you wrong, but it is what it is. Now is the time to change brokerages or, change bro- or or close your brokerage unless you're making at least a 30% margin. Why 30%? Because if the market slows down by 10% or 20%, then you'll still have some breathing room. I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. I don't have enough time to really explain it. But the gist of it is, is you have to have at least 30%. I know many of you don't. May the broker's listing, you only have 3% or 2%. If the market and your market slows down by 10%, you are operating upside down by 7%. Do you understand? It's pretty basic, isn't it? Most of the teams that are listening, you guys are only basically operating on maybe, if you're lucky, 12 or 15%, but many of you are operating on 10%. If your market slows down by 10%, I know there's not an absolute direct correlation, but the point still is valid. Your business is going to be underwater. It is normal in a recession for a market to slow down by 10 or 15%, for things to take longer to sell, for house appreciation to be wiped out, and if you're operating on such a small, slim margin, which may have worked marginally well in a seller's market because there was enough velocity of cash, because things were selling fast enough that they compensated for the bad business models. Once things slow down, once the money slows down, doesn't uh, flow as fast, then you're going to be exposed, and then you're going to start rationalizing, many of you, borrowing money to keep these bad businesses afloat. You're not going to have the gumption or the courage. You're going to live in fear. Your ego is going to tell you that if you, don't, if you leave this brokerage or if you close this brokerage or if you do something like that, what will people think? Everyone's going to talk about you. Nobody's going to talk about you. Nobody's talking about you now. That's all your ego. You have to do what's right for the sake of making a profit, and you have to do it immediately before it's too late. What happens if you wait? You're going to go down to the ship, and there's no nobility in failure, so stop choosing failure. Here's next point. Reduce or eliminate teams or make team members pay for themselves. If not, make a profit. Run P&L on each team member, agent. Everyone costs you something. We talked about this, I think, two days ago, and I told you exactly how to do it. Go back and listen to the past podcast. Here's the next thing, and I know, again, you guys are going to raise eyebrows, but I don't care because it's the truth. Every single broker out there, every single agent out there, every single team out there needs to be taking a serious look at eXp Realty. In the 20-plus years that Julie and I have been in real estate, I have never seen anything that is so perfectly built for agents and brokers that actually want to focus on being entrepreneurs and making a profit. It is simply for 99% of you, not for all of you, for 99% of you, it's simply the best business model I've ever seen for agents. It is just flat-out phenomenal. Um, and if you want to talk about eXp, you can go by it one of two ways. You can text the word eXp to 31996, text the word eXp to 31996, or you can even text me directly on my cell phone, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Go ahead and text me, and I will be more than happy to call you up, and I'll give you a one-on-one, confidential Um, conversation and help you evaluate whether exp is a smart move for you but i'm going to warn you i've done this dozens of times now well maybe even hundreds of times now since the beginning of the year and i have only found two people who i thought it wouldn't be a good fit for so let's have a conversation about it you're curious about exp you probably intuitively know it's the right thing for you but you have fear and trepidation normal questions let's have a one-on-one private call about it 512-758-0206 text me all right So guys, did we get through all of our points? Oh, okay, one last point. Do consider creating more cash flow opportunities inside your business. eXp Realty does that for you quite well. But also consider creating other cash flow opportunities in terms of property management and some of these other types of things you might want to consider. That's going to be, if you guys are in the upper-end markets, that's definitely going to be something you're going to want to look into immediately. So you created an alternative path for some of your upper-end sellers who basically don't need to sell and don't want to lose, like in Rob's case, a lot of the sellers are losing in million or plus dollars, one million or plus dollars to sell their houses. Now these are very affluent people, so that's you know, maybe like a hundred thousand or you know, ten thousand for normal people, so they can afford it. But the moral of the story is is that he is two is the experiencing sellers that said, I'll just hold on to it and rent it. And so we need to, you know, you guys need to consider creating those alternative paths to profit so that you have multiple streams of income and a market downturn. Okay. We got the series done. I'm so glad. So if you guys want to get a hold of me directly, just feel free to text me at 512-758-0206. Julie actually has bailed, and she's already on her premier coaching call. If you're a premier coaching student, make sure you're attending the call live. Make sure you log in live. The people who attend live, generally speaking, are some of our best coaching clients. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow.